Welcome to Legacy Builder, the podcast where millennial moms and women like you come to learn how to monetize your gifts and create generational wealth. I'm your host, Lori Richardson. I'm a serial entrepreneur, a wife, and a mother. So are you ready to make the changes to create the life that you want to live? All right, then let's go. All right, so welcome back. Today we have a special guest in the guest chair. Her name is Miss Alexis Perkins. And I wanted to, of course, allow you to introduce yourself. Okay. Hey, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat up with you. Yeah, so I'm Alexis. I try to call myself a serial entrepreneur because I just like to dibble and dabble in a little bit of everything. My latest adventure is being the founder and creative director for Chair One Fitness. And that is a musically driven dance fitness program. Basically, we're breaking down barriers, making fun fitness options available to anyone, no matter their age or ability. Many people think it's just for seniors, but we're also here for plus size, wheelchair users, amputees, those with developmental disabilities and more. And I'm having a hell of a good time running this thing and trying to get the gift of fitness to everybody all over the world. It's fun. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love the chair one fitness, the whole concept, everything behind it. I love it. I love it. And I'm seeing it more and more on social media and people enjoying it and sharing it. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely been a fun ride because I had the hurdle of having something that I knew was fun in the classroom because I experienced it in the classroom. And it was so fun dancing with the Golden Girls. I mean, it was (laughs) great. But it was how do you take a program that on paper can sound boring. Let me be blunt. It sounds boring. Mm -hmm. Chair one fitness and explain to the world that it was actually really fun and really cool. And so that was a hurdle. So I'm very glad that we're able to jump that hurdle and get it out there. Awesome. That's great. That's great. So um, aside from chair one fitness, do you have any, since you said you're a serial entrepreneur, do you have any other things that you're dibbling and dabbling in right now? You know, right now, like here going forward, I know I've just been doing a little bit of consulting to help other budding entrepreneurs because I love all things uh, media and growth and all the things about business consulting. I have a lot of ideas of what I want to do, but right now, Chair One Fitness is the baby and just the speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. But in the past, that's where all the other stuff came from between yeah. writing a book having a fitness studio, teaching fitness master classes all over the world, being a writing contributor for certain magazines, just all those fun things that are just so random, but they came together. So, oh, an event coordinator when it was the love fest, that was a huge thing. (laughs) Um, And I would say every, every one thing that I learned from each project or each business endeavor prepped me for the next thing. Oh yeah. I also forgot to say co-producer of the 30 minute program body by Alexis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole. So it's been a fun journey of a little bit of everything. I don't get bored easily. So, you know, just keep on trying something new. Yes, most definitely. So, um, if you could also talk about a little bit about your background and how it came about, um, aside from you know, all the multiple things that you've done to get up to this point, but anything else that you can kind of, you know, help us to understand more about Alexis. Yeah. Well, you know what, in order to understand about me, mm-hmm. I was fortunately born with ambition because I don't know where the devil I got it from. I'm gonna, <laughs> I must've gotten it from my grandma. Cause she's like, when she gave me the compliment of out of all her grandchildren, I'm the most like her. That was like receiving the badge of honor. Cause my grandma <laughs> is phenomenal. 
So even in the past, I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. And I would say it was always hard figuring things out. Like a lot of my friends had parents or aunts or somebody to kind of guide them, do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the devil to do. Literally, (laughs) when it came down to orientation, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Norfolk State University and uh, there's orientation. I'm going to enroll. And And then my parents had to work. My sister had to work. So my sister said, I'll drop you off. So imagine you're, you know, 17, 18 years old. You dropped off on campus with no adult, no Mm. nothing, big buildings. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is there with their parent and you just feel alone. (laughs) And it was like, ah. And so um, I still went ahead and enrolled. And then Mm -hmm. I went home and I told my parents, I was like, okay, I'm in. I did it. Mm -hmm. All I need is a car. (laughs) I need to get from Newport News to Norfolk. That's all I need. That's all I need. I got everything else. I got, I got the, I I applied for student loans. I did it. Mm -hmm. And then they came to me and said, Hey, Alexis, you're going to have to disenroll. We're not getting you a car. You're going to have to disenroll, get a job, get your own car and then re-enroll. I was devastated. I bet. And so, and then even though I went to orientation alone, they did accompany me to disenroll me. Now, my parents <laughs> love me very much. And, and according to them, they'll take credit for all of my success. Well, if it wasn't for what we put you through. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, whatever, you know. They gave um, me the drive. <laughs> I know. And so I did. My, my dad did eventually get me this really busted up Honda CRX. There was a <laughs> stick shift, mind you. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift. Wow. And he said, this is your car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, uh, I don't know how to drive it. He was mm-hmm. like, well, if you want, I can take you down to the Hampton Coliseum on a Sunday when there's nobody there and I'll show you how to use the gears and then I'm going to leave you there. And then when you figure out how to drive it, you can come home. Wow. I said, <laughs> never mind. I'll get a friend to teach me. So, <laughs> to understand me is to understand that, that background. Yes. You know, yes. it's like, I could jump to how we came about, you know, chair one fitness, mm-hmm. but I think it's been so rare that I've even shared that part of what happens mm-hmm. in the beginning when that's where I started getting familiar with hurdle jumping. Yes. You know, yes. it was like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that's, that's just a little bit of my background. I have a long history of having troubles and then figuring out a way to get over them and try to navigate in new spaces where you just don't know anything about anything and you're mm-hmm. trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's been fun. Awesome. Awesome. I, I was going to say the the hurdle jumping that, of course, prepared you to be able to go into the fitness, not physically hurdle jumping, but, (laughs) but it prepared you to get into, you know, the fitness area. So like what drove you to get into fitness and and dance fitness? And yeah, I was lucky. So my mom is the sweetest, funniest, coolest, everything like that. My dad's hardcore. Mom's the, she's cool. She was a hard disciplinarian, but still really cool. Mm -hmm. So ironically enough, when I was a kid, my mom used to teach high, low impact, like step aerobics back in the day with the leotard over the pants, you know, <laughs> all that. And and me and my sister would go and sit in the back of the classroom and watch her because she was working. So she'd make me and my sister sit in the back. Mm-hmm. And every now and then we would try to participate and we, she always wore us out. So we could last maybe about two songs, but I really, really enjoyed it. So I remember I would take like old cassette tapes and make a mix on the radio. And then I oh, would. You just dated yourself. <laughs> I didn't I? You know what? I'm going to tell you, this, this is really going to date me because only a few will know this. Only a few. My mom got me the relaxer kit for just for me. And it mm. used to come with the cassette tape inside. Yes. I remember that. 
and I would take that tape and record music over it, you know? And that oh, was that is so tape. funny. Just for me, hair relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, then I would like come up with all these fitness routines and I would do them in my room and do them in front of my stuffed animals. And in my mind, I was a fitness instructor, but right. I never thought it was going to be, you know, a part of my life. I went to school for communications and journalism because that's what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. But I did like staying fit. I, I enjoyed that. So when I started to work at WTKR, I randomly took a Zumba class. At this time, my son is one years old. Mm-hmm. And I went to the YMCA because they have the, they had, I, I was broke. So they had the guardian program where it goes mm-hmm. off your income. So I yeah. needed that at the time. I really love the YMCA for that. Mm-hmm. And they had children's watch for two hours. So I had two hours to work out and um, I stumbled into a Zumba class mm-hmm. randomly. There were these ladies shaking the tuchuses and I was like, <laughs> what is the Zumba, Zumba, Zumba thing? Uh-huh. And I was addicted. Yeah. I was so addicted. I was like, it just ran through my veins. Mm-hmm. I was so addicted. And I started going like three times a week. And in less than a year is when the instructor suggested that I become an instructor. And I really thank her for that. And I became an instructor. And then I started my own classes. Oh, and that wasn't easy either. I got shut down in the beginning. It was like every, because I know in Virginia, people yeah. know me for like the Zumba stuff. And they yeah. think it was always great. No. No. My instructor was probably a late fifties white lady who was spunky, kind of country. Mm-hmm. And she was, I said, shake your booty. <laughs> and that's how she was. And I love her. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, well, if she can have 50 to 60 people in her class, I surely can duplicate that. Uh-huh. I'm younger, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. No, BS. When I started my class, I had two people. Oh, And I figured something out really quick that I did apply to all my other business stuff. Mm -hmm. I asked myself the question, why? Why did they go to her class and not mine? Mm. And when I subbed for her, some people would walk out and they'd be like, oh, no, she's too high impact or she's too energy. And I was doing the same routines that she was. And then I figured it out. I know why she has more people than I do Mm -hmm. because she's more relatable. Yep. Yep. If she can do it, surely I can do it. Mm-hmm. And watching her doing it was inspirational. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't feel intimidated. They didn't feel anything. They felt like this is a nice, fun family vibe. And, and they would just look at me and say, I'm not going. So I realized you have to kind of know what audience you cater to, yes. which is why I left the YMCA to go to One Life. Because okay. One Life Fitness was where Millennials. all the went. <laughs> all the most fit people went, used mm-hmm. to be you know, gold gym and all that other crap. And then that's when everything took off because I had more people who were, who wanted to go a higher level. So I definitely learned that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So taking that into, you know, your why and getting, you know, your people getting with your people and and relatable so that that kind of helped propel, propel you into the other endeavors that you had going. Yeah. And a lot of it was just trying out new stuff. Like when I had the opportunity to go teach Zumba in other countries, it Mm -hmm. was just random in me being the type who I don't want to miss an opportunity. What happened is I had brought down a guest here from Italy, even though he was originally from the Dominican Republic Mm -hmm. and I hosted him here. He had to stay an extra day and ended up coming to my class. And when he came to my class, he Mm -hmm. said, you come to uh, France. Wow. Mind you, he spoke no English. I had a translator tell me this. Oh, so wow. She, no, Alexis, he just said, but you need to go to France. I was like, you didn't, you didn't interpret that right, my friend. And, <laughs> and so we kept communicating and literally translator, everything. 
And then finally, um, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then my family looked at me like I was crazy. So wait a minute, you're going to France to meet up with a guy who you've only known for a couple months to teach Zumba. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I was like, God told me I wasn't going to die. And I feel really confident. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. And when everybody else said I was crazy, I did it. And I had the best time of my life. And it ended up being so helpful with just like my fitness career and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I think sometimes I, th- I know wholeheartedly having a good relationship with God is good because then your yes. intuition, your intuition is sharper mm-hmm. <laughs> when you can yes. pray for a little bit of guidance. And, um, but yeah, so that was, that was, that's so. awesome. And I just left, I just did it. I was going to ask you like the networking, like how did you, you know, get involved with, you know, meeting this person to be able to, you know, b- grow and build your network? Well, I think sometimes opportunities come to you or the person and you just have to be able to identify it. Mm-hmm. I had gone to the Zumba convention and we just danced and he was cool, but I thought he was black. Come to find out he was Dominican. So when he started speaking Spanish, I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you speaking Spanish? <laughs> and he was like, I don't, like, I don't you know? And uh-huh. I was like, okay. So then with my friends there to translate, I was literally leaving. And he said, Alexi, because mm-hmm. I'm leaving. He was like, master classe. Masterclass, mm-hmm. me, Virginia. And I was like, what? Uh-huh. You want me to bring you to Virginia to teach Zumba? And I called my friends and I said, hey, I think we have something that I, I think we can pull it off. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Alexis, nobody knows him. Why would they come to this event? I said, they don't know him. They know us and mm-hmm. they trust us. Mm-hmm. And if we give them their word that they're going to have a great time, they're going to believe us. Wow. So, and I was like, and he got videos. We can use them to promote. And we did, and we sold out. And then because I did that, I got the invite over there, there. which I didn't even know that wasn't my intention, but that's how it happened. So I think sometimes when you just move, you'll end up in other situations. Mm -hmm. Um, If your schedule allows, I say, say yes and think later. Mm -hmm. It's, I literally got an email today that said, I don't even know, forgive me. I don't know who it is. They said, (laughs) um, Hey, we saw that you won the visa grant. And because you won the visa grant, we're doing a panel. Here's a link to what it looks like. Let us know if you'd be available on Thursday. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. Okay. And this is just before I, I started talking to you. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. It's all about, sometimes you just don't know what you're going to stumble into. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. like you said, just going for it. And then if it works out, great. If not, it's a lesson learned. Oh yeah. I love the lessons learned. Now I'm not saying or suggesting, you know, to completely go through burnout, right. but I do believe that people, we have a, a higher threshold a larger capacity than what we think. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think, Oh, I, I don't want to do too much. I don't want to burn out nine times out of 10. You won't. Yeah. Nine times out of 10. And if you do take a nap and get up, get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's without shaking up, keep going. Yeah. It's okay to burn out. Sometimes I do. And then shake it off. Yeah. And then get back up. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to also kind of segue into how do you balance and, you know, manage your time with that? Cause of course you have a son, you have a fiance you're in a relationship. Congratulations again. <laughs> so how do you find the time to, to manage all of that? Yeah. Well, it's also, so it's me, my fiance, my son. And so we're like, we're that blended family now official. Mm-hmm. It was my son and his daughter. So okay. as well, because she's wow. only five and my wow. son's 14. So dealing with young one and then teenager. And then of course the dog. So uh-huh. 
uh, all those fun things. But as far as balancing things out, I would say there's a couple hacks that I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost is prioritizing, 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 trying to figure out what that most important task is trying mm-hmm. to figure out which ones I need to do myself versus which ones I need to delegate. And, and also giving myself some grace, which is something that I just got used to. Yes. Which is, I'm not going to get everything done today. And that's all right. Yes. I'm going to do my best and then I'll wake up tomorrow and do some more. Mm -hmm. And now with me, when I say grace, I'm definitely not easy on myself because I get a lot done, but that's one thing. The other thing that I try to do, which really helps me out is I don't know if there's a real term for this. So I'm going to tell you what I call it. I call it batching. I love to batch as much work as I possibly can. Yeah. So for example, with chair one fitness, we have volumes of choreography that get released bi monthly. Mm, Okay. And so we have to record the choreo in both high and low intensity Mm -hmm. and get it all prepped to go. We are currently have enough choreo recorded until the end of April. And the last time we recorded was in October. Okay. So I batched it all. Mm -hmm. And so now we have it running until we have another production coming up or tape day, what we call Mm -hmm. it at the end of this month, where it's going to be a long day, long (laughs) day, where I'm flying in my team members and we are going to mass record our on-demand workouts, meaning that it's 18, 30 minute workouts being recorded in one weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we'll have it set. Um, Also with our newsletter, with our newsletter, I, it has sections. So, you know, uh, you have the word with Alexis, you have the tip or you have the motivational quote of the, of the month Mm -hmm. in December, I wrote out every single quote, every single tip for the remainder of the year. Awesome. By having some of the work already done in advance, you know, like, I don't know how you do the podcast thing, but Mm -hmm. what I would do is I would take a day and do four or five of them in a day. Yep. And then, yep. Yep. and then I have enough. Exactly. And then I can take a break or I yep. could have some of them on back order. I could be like, okay, well I have enough content. I could take a month off. Yes. Yes. That is a, something that I actually have been getting into. And then also I was going to say with, when you were talking about giving yourself grace, I, I really feel like 2020 was that was the year where it was like, you know what? The world is in shambles right now you know, it, it can go either way. So, you know what, it's okay if stuff doesn't get done. Just, re, you know, relish in the moment, relish in, you know, where you are at that time and try not to be so hard. Again, you can be hard on yourself, but not so hard where you're beating yourself down and you're, you know, knocked down, drag out or whatever. But I really feel like that that was the year where people started to realize and really say, you know what, it's okay if it doesn't get done. You know, take a moment, breathe, and then, you know, get back into it. And then also with, you know, the batching, I think that's something that I'm getting into because I I had a moment where I was, I knew I was moving. We knew we're heading to a new country. So I said, okay, let me get as many people in as I can go ahead and get as many recordings in as I can, and then figure out the logistics of it all. Once I get, you know, going where I need to go. So that's definitely something that's super helpful and, and putting that on the calendar and saying, you know what? Okay. Let me knock this out because things happen all the time. Things always pop up, you know, things that are not in your control. And so it's good to have that, you know, um, content there. So that way yeah. you can go ahead and say, okay, you know what? It's good. I don't have to record today because I still have five more in the wings. So I'm good to go. Let me just go ahead and upload this, you know? So yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's am- amazing. It's it's literally my saving grace. The only other thing that 
I had to learn as I grew that I was terrible at is learning how to delegate. Mm, yes. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so that's yours. You hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Why would I have somebody else do it when I can? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I had to get used to it and I can tell you it's been great. And I know the, ch- I, and you could tell me if you've experienced this, I know the challenge for most entrepreneurs in the beginning, they don't delegate because they don't have the finances to compensate somebody right, right then. And I totally get that. I went through all, all of that. So I believe that in the beginning, the focus should be on generating revenue mm-hmm. and then also tapping into any resources like interns, mm-hmm. things like that, where you can get some free help. Yeah. Um, and then as you're generating revenue, then you'll finally have a budget. I was so excited to finally have a budget. I just hired my assistant and I love her. Oh, and it was my first time even having to post a job on Indeed. Uh I see, even like this, that's still new for me. I'm like, ooh, I'm putting a job post on Indeed. Wow. And so, still learning all these new things because I had to learn about when you hire somebody, oh, you you have to give them an official offer letter. Oh, I do. (laughs) So, So, yeah, so still learning and, and just, taking the opportunity to, to try to ask for help if possible. Yeah. Cause I, I, I it's, it's been a God, it's been a blessing to have some help. All the things that you had going and all the things on your plate, I assumed that you already had it like boom, boom, back to back. Like Alexis is on it. She got this, she got that. She, <laughs> the, the, you know, from the outside looking in. Was about the love fest. This always tickled me. Somebody was like, hey, Alexis, I know you do the love fest. Is it possible to have um, your team, you know, the team that helps you organize it? Can we work with them? Mm-hmm. You mean me? <laughs> and they were like, what? And I was like, I work with a lot of other instructors, but as far as all the organizing, all that was right here. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm glad I made it look easy. It you wasn't did. easy. And then sometimes you can have other people do like smaller roles that contribute to the bigger picture. Like I will not in the beginning, it was as we grew, you know, if you ask somebody, Hey, can you just help me out with choreography? Mm-hmm. So that was great because we had a lot of performance pieces. So I would ask some of my friends, I would call my friend in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico and say, can you help me choreograph this song? And she'd say, okay. And then I would ask my other friend, hey, can you come out on the day of the event and just help keep the front organized? Mm-hmm. And that was all like volunteer. It wasn't until the very, very last year that we had it where we actually had a volunteer committee. Wow. All the other years, it was just grassroots mm-hmm. and like just asking, you know, my dad worked my booth. Mm-hmm. My, my friend worked audio. Like I was balling on a budget. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> you know, um, and then a lot of people thought, this was the, this was a question. So the question was, Alexis must be balling because how could she put on this event? And she's a single mom. Like, how does she do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Literally high credit score. That's what I was able to do. <laughs> so what I did was I wanted to do this event. I believe it cost between six and $10,000 to front, but I had an equation where I really thought I was going to make it back. I knew it was a risk, but I really thought, I really thought we could do it. Yes. And, and this, so, is, this was in the beginning. So the, yeah. when, let's, okay. When that first, first started. Okay. And so, but not everything is due up front. Like for instance, I don't pay the convention center up front. I put a right. deposit, right. you know, but then you pay the rest. So I literally got an American airlines card that was zero APR for mm-hmm. one year. 
Mm. So I just wrapped that thing up yeah. and I knew I had a year to pay it off with no penalty. And that's what I did. And so everybody's, oh, she must have a lot of money. No, I got an 800 credit score that gave me a zero <laughs> APR for a year. Yes. And so there was like, you know, there's always ways to get something done. Right. And I just, sometimes people sell themselves short. It takes me a long time to accept defeat. Mm. I will yes. like anything. I, literally me and my mom went to the grocery store for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and she wanted some garlic salt. Okay. So we get to the garlic salt and you know, she wants the cheap one. Nobody wants uh-huh. to pay $5 for garlic salt. So we're looking at the ones that are like $1.29 and I'm looking and I don't see it. And I said, well, let me read. Let me see if it's in the right spot. So first right. I looked, I didn't see it. And then I read, well, there goes this, there goes that. Oh, this is where garlic should be. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing was empty. Like it was backed all the way up. And so I said, oh, it would have looked like there wasn't any. I yeah. said, nope, nope, hold on. I climbed up and I peeked in the back just to see. Uh-huh. And there's one left. See? The average person was like, well, I guess they're sold out. Right. <laughs> I'm going to climb up on here and I'm going to check. <laughs> and so with all things, I really think there's usually a way. You just have to figure it out. And that's right. my thing. There is a way. I just have to think and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And when people don't know how to figure things out, ask somebody. Right. I've done that. I've done it randomly. Ask somebody, hey, is it okay if I call you and talk about, you know, or better yet, here's the best way to get some information from someone. Hey, we should do lunch. (laughs) Easiest way to do it. Word, we should. Yeah. (laughs) And when you're talking, you know, you just enjoy yourself, Mm -hmm. break bread and have an open conversation and let them know, like, I see you do good at this. I can't Mm -hmm. tell you, first of all, and I'm a food hoe. So therefore, how many, I can't tell you how many times somebody called me and said, Alexis, can you do lunch? Sure. <laughs> they just want to ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, where we go? Right. <laughs> that was so funny. Now, let me, I want to kind of set the tone and set the scene for those who, of course, don't know what Love Fest was. Yeah. And of course, how it got started. So you went from pretty much bootstrapping this event and you started it with basically no money down. <laughs> Off of personal credit. Yeah. And like, so for the first year, like how many people did you have actually come into the event? Like how, what was the, the feeling like there with the yeah. first event? So, okay. So the crazy thing is like, so for those who don't know, the Love Fest was the largest dance fitness event in Hampton Roads, Virginia, where we brought together over a hundred dance fitness instructors and had participants from all over. And it was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, to actually tell the story of how we got there, there's a little hint of what happened before. So. My very first event was a party in pink and I believe 2010 Mm -hmm. and it was my first event ever. I was very stressed out. It was much smaller. We only had four instructors. We had 230 people come and vendors. And the stress was so high that I lost a lot of weight. If I look at those videos now, I look like a little twig on the stage. Oh. <laughs> and um, and I got sick right after. As soon as the event was over, I got hit with a cold, immune system shut down. So that was the first. And then at the time, there were so many party and pinks in this area. Yes. Every, every time you turned around, there was an event. When I did that first one, there was only two of them. Mm. By 2011, everybody and their mama was doing party and pinks. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Why? So for 2012, I decided to bring the party in pink back, Mm -hmm. but I wanted every instructor to come together Mm. and I reached out to all of them and they all said, yes, we can come together, but they also still held all their events separately. Wow. Okay. So that event had 500 people. So that doubled the amount of the first one. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a lot of fun, but I was still just tired of it being so saturated in the month of October. Yeah. I was tired of the cattiness of who's, who's party in pink is going to be the best. Yeah. And it you was just the tone, but <laughs> yeah, it was, it was catty. And so yeah. then after that event, another instructor who had an event, she was like, I want my event to be big like yours. Maybe mm-hmm. we can alternate years. And I said, nah, you can have it. I'm looking for something else. She was like, wow. well, I don't want to do it no more. Yeah. And I said, I have an event that I'm working on and I want to have it in April or March or April. And Mm -hmm. if you do the math on it, that's exactly six months away from October. I wanted it the polar opposite of that time. And I wanted to bring all the instructors together because at the time there was a lot of cattiness. Who has the best numbers? Who has the best class? Who has the best choreo? And it was just cattiness of who's better than whom. And I'm like, can we just come together? Because we're here for the people. Right. Not for ourselves, you know, stop being a dick about it. It's all and, about fitness and health. Like, like. <laughs> yeah. And when I look back on it now, it's quite hilarious to mm-hmm. think, oh my gosh, I was in that caddy fitness. Oh my God, so and so talk junk about my suit. <laughs> and so when I decided to do the Love Fest, I brought together different teams and it was an interesting concept. And at first, people were like, what is the Love Fest? Is it like for hippies? Mm. Like, what is it for? So then I had to add in the tagline for the love of health and fitness. Yeah. And then I got together my team leads and then got together the plan. Mm-hmm. First year we had a thousand people. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. The very last year, which was 2019, we had 2000 people. That was my goal. I said, it's going to be the finale. I want 2000 mm-hmm. and my friends looked at me like I was a little bit crazy, but I was like, I think that we can do it. Yes. And we, That's yeah. Awesome. So that's the history of, of that event. But it was cool to work with people because I got to work with musicians, mm-hmm. all of the instructors. And what people didn't see in the background was all of the rehearsals and all of the team practices, yes. um, <laughs> the stuff with the musicians mm-hmm. and the graphic designers, all the chat with the vendors and how to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a stickler for lighting and sound. Everybody knows the moments of the event where Alexis snaps off at least once and it <laughs> always happened it, without fail. But mm-hmm. luckily they were, they were gracious with me to understand I was just under stress. Yes. yes. And of course the finale, that's when my fiance proposed. Oh, so yes. I remember that. That was, that was epic. Uh-huh. I, I mean, putting on events, it, it started off before the love fest and was able to grow. Yeah. So once again, it was taking the knowledge learned and then ap- making it applicable to what I did, what I did next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to ask, how did you pivot and transition into chair when it, you took all of the knowledge that you had and you said, okay, this is what I'm going to do different for this. Yeah. You know what? While I'm talking to you with your questions, I realize there's a pattern. I realized there was a pattern of people don't see what you do in the dark until the other stuff comes out to light. Yes. And so, and I believe that that's a lesson for anybody to really focus on what you're doing in the dark, mm. meaning what you're doing when nobody's watching, mm-hmm. right? With chair one, I was teaching all my high intensity classes and doing things like the love fest. But the thing that I never talked about was my bread and butter was teaching at the senior home. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was teaching my regular classes and then I randomly got asked to teach at a senior home. And I said, I'll try it because for fitness instructors, the dead part of the day is usually after people go to work and then it's live again when they get off work. So between nine and noon, you might get your housewives and you might get some seniors and that's about it. Yeah. So senior home, their prime time is between nine and 1 PM. So being that it was a specialty that I was teaching because it was a chair and I had to work with all types of uh, different ailments between dementia, Alzheimer's, amputations, stroke. Yeah. Um, I got paid three times as much to teach a 30 minute class. And 
I started teaching at all these different senior homes because when I would, one activities director would leave and then they say, can you come with me to this facility? Can you come with me to this facility? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, all right, this is great. I get to work with all the grandmas and grandpas as my son mm-hmm. used to call them. It just kind of took off there, but I was, I was never really publicizing it. It's just what I did, mm-hmm. you know? So during this time, I also had the 30 minute workout program, uh, fusion fitness, which was on the Newport news public school channel. Yeah. And we were on air for five years. So during these five years, we recorded 38 high intensity, like dance, fitness, crazy episodes. Mm-hmm. And then we only recorded two seated exercises because I was teaching them all the time. And yeah. I was co-producer. So I said, hey, can we try this? And the other co-producer said, okay, let's try it. And what happened next was just crazy. We got so much feedback off of those episodes. It was mind blowing. And I learned from the feedback. If you were to look at it even right now, the high intensity dance fitness episodes average about one to 3000 views. Mm -hmm. If you go to the chair episodes, they jump to 500 plus thousand. Wow. That's huge. Crazy. That's Crazy. Yeah. I started reading the comments and that's when I learned something. Cause originally, if you think about teaching in a chair, the first thing people think about is seniors. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about senior fitness, you think about silver sneakers because mm-hmm. the silver hair. You think about Zumba Gold because the golden girls, mm-hmm. right? But in the comments, what I got to learn was this. Hey, I have a torn ACL. Thank you for allowing me to dance. Oh my goodness, I'm only 60 something and I just had a hip replacement and this really gave me the opportunity to dance. Wow. Oh, I'm plus size and it's really hard for me to stand. This was just the thing to get me started without hurting my knees. My son has spina bifida and he loves watching your show. Hmm. My son has uh, Down syndrome and he dances with you every day and lights up. And I'm like, what? All these other people that I wasn't even thinking about? Mm -hmm. And that made my heart smile and it opened up not only my heart, but it opened up my mind. And I said, I want to create something for them, Mm -hmm. something that wasn't boring and just felt like rec therapy. Yeah. I wanted to give it to everyone. So the first thing I thought about was the instructor training program because I was being spread too thin. Yeah. And I didn't even find a sub. So I said, let me create a program. So that was from we've only we're only two years old mm-hmm. but uh, over the past two years we certified over 700 instructors in 42 states and two countries wow look at that. and in february we will be launching our on-demand workouts for everybody at home when they cannot get to the gym when they don't have a live instructor when the senior facility shuts down and they can't let activities people in they can play yes. it over the television so we are launching that Valentine's Day because it's our way of giving love and showing love to those who need it most. Wow. Full yeah. circle. Full so circle. <laughs> that is amazing. Look, my eyes are they're they're sweating a little bit, but <laughs> I'm like, wow, you just don't know, you don't think about it. Because again, we're you're thinking about Zumba, high intensity, we're young, and you know, we're thinking about that crowd, but and that was your, you know, who your why was, but then it, it just transitioned and it built, you know. And became this beautiful, just beautiful thing. It was one of the key factors, though. Um, and I'm I'm thankful because prior to this, my main thing was teaching, you know, high intensity mm-hmm. aerobic. So when I first started teaching, I was as fit as a fiddle. I had never had a broken bone, never mm-hmm. had an injury ever in life, ever. Maybe a skid knee. Yeah. And I as I was teaching, I was about five years in, and all of a sudden I had a lumbar strain in my back. Mm. A year after that, I had uh, tendonitis in one ankle. A year after that, I had bursitis in the other ankle. And I had to put on the boot. And when I had to put on the boot, 
I couldn't teach my high intensity classes, but I could still teach at the senior home. Yeah. I walked yeah. right in there, took my boot off, put on a sneaker and taught. And I thought, wait a minute, this is actually great for me. Yeah. It gives me longevity in the field. Mm-hmm. Even with Share One Fitness, like look at how old I can be and still be the face of the company. Now, granted, there other companies are, you know, great, but you know, once they start getting of age, it's like I don't like for instance, I love, 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 love mixed fit, right? I uh-huh. do. But I don't know if I would be 90 years old still popping that thing. <laughs> And so I just love that it gives the instructor mm-hmm. longevity because it's yeah. blessing to me. I can teach this all day yeah. and make money. And I don't really talk about that part a lot of a lot of the time. But one of my other favorite things I love to do is put money in other people's pockets. Yeah. And yeah. so with that, when I realized that other instructors could benefit from it, mm-hmm. I was just really, you know, excited because if it wasn't for chair-based classes, specifically our program, that was the way that I was able to take fitness full time mm-hmm. because I was teaching at the senior homes and it was a specialty. Yeah. Without that, I honestly would have just been killing my body. Right, right. And a lot of people don't know, especially me, because I've been fit and I jumped into the fitness industry as far as teaching when I actually lived in Virginia, moved to Virginia. And so a lot of people don't understand and don't know that you are putting your body through a lot just to get your paycheck, just to make your living. Because again, like you said, you have, you have so many people that you're competing with in the mornings to get those morning, early morning classes. And then, you know, during the day, it's pretty much dead. And then in the evening, you're competing again with so many people trying to get those evening classes for, you know, getting paid for only those minutes that you're up there on that stage. You don't get paid a lot at a gym. At least you don't in Virginia. Honestly, from the other places that I've moved to and and talked with other people, it's in most gyms. You don't because again, I don't know if it's just the the business side of it, but in most of them you don't. Yeah. I mean, I'll say and when I say that other like states like LA and New York get paid more, but the cost of living is also higher. It's higher, right. So it's still not a lot of money to make a living off of because even if you think about in Virginia, where the average big box gym pays you starting out maybe seventeen, maximum of twenty dollars. If you think about LA, um, where they might pay you between forty-five and sixty, mm-hmm. when you think about how much practice the instructor has to put in to learn all these routines, yeah, and then they go and do them. Think about how many classes I would have to teach eight classes a day mm-hmm. at eighteen dollars an hour. Who? Who's going to do that? Right. They're going to be dead. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, I remember the most classes I ever taught in a week was 17. Mm, and wow. Yeah. That was at the same time I got addicted to pre-workout uh-huh. because my, my body was not handling it. And then one no. day I took some C4 or whatever it was, uh, who I was addicted to that stuff. I had to get off of it. Yeah. You get addicted to pre-workout. Yeah. <laughs> You can, because you get that, you get that jolt and you're like, I just need this little bit of energy to get me through, you know, this class because they're looking at you, you know, and, and going off of your energy. So they're looking at you to be, of course, on top of it, 100% every class. Yes. And so I actually remember how I got off of my um, thing. I was only using it for like six months, Mm -hmm. but it was like, I was, and I started getting fatigued during the day when I wasn't taking it before my evening classes. Right. And I had to go teach master classes in Europe. And wow. they lost my luggage <gasps> and I had to teach the master classes without being, you know, on their pre-workout. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, well, if I can make it through those, I can make it through the rest. And so yeah. that's how I finally got off. So thank goodness they lost my luggage is how I got off pre-workout. <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. That's also awesome. Um, so let's kind of segue into um, kind of like 
I guess where you are going, you did mention that, you know, with chair one, you of course are expanding and where do you plan on taking it? Do you plan on taking it further? Do you plan on, you know, maybe doing some collabs? Where, where's it going? Well, I know the goal is I want to be the number one chair based uh, fitness program in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing was to get into all 50 states. The second thing was to get into every English speaking country. And then after that, you would go into translations and things like that. That was my first goal. I just really want to touch as many people as I can. And my goal was to create a company that was bigger than me because I want it to last when I'm gone. Mm, um, legacy. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, I just want that. So I want to be a part of everything as it's growing. And I do a lot with learning. Like I've been on the phone with, whew, I had a group call set up with mm-hmm. a wonderful group of uh, paraplegics where all I do is learn. Nice. Tell me what it's like. Tell me yeah. what it's like. Yeah. And then, and I get to hear all these stories. And then I was another phone call with a wonderful, wonderful woman who was born completely blind. And I got to hear her stories about dating, uh-huh. about when she was like at a nightclub and she was dancing and nobody knows that she's blind until the lights come on at the end. And they're like, what? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I talked to a lot of people so mm-hmm. I could have an understanding for everybody that we care for. I talked to my plus size girls to see what's easy for you, what's hard for you, constantly having conversations about what's the right thing to say, wrong thing to say. I'll be transparent. That part gets on my nerves. I do not like how sensitive everybody is about everything. For example, and if I hope, I hope to not offend anybody when I say this, I don't think it's offensive at all. Well, I got an email. There was a, in California, there was a group of students that had uh, developmental disabilities Mm -hmm. and their teacher played my workouts for their uh, gym PE. Yeah, yeah. And she reached out to me to tell me that they love it. And she says, there's one student in particular, who's like a number one fan. Oh. And, and she said, we have our, all of our classes via zoom. And I was like, well, I would love to pop in and say hello randomly. Mm-hmm. So during their normal gym time, randomly, I popped in on the call uh-huh. and they were all like, Oh my goodness. you know. <laughs> and, and it was great. So one of them drew me a picture Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent it to me. Right. Yeah. And, um, when I posted on Facebook, I said, Oh, by the way, prior to posting, I checked the teacher's email uh-huh. to see how she worded it. And she was like, I teach a class of special needs students. We would love for blah, blah, blah. So I took her words. That must be the way that it's supposed to be. Right. Mm. Special needs students. Okay. And then I posted it. And the next thing you know, I get a text message, Alexis, you need to change that. It's supposed to be students with special needs. I said, what? What is the difference? Students students with special needs. Now, come on now. Now that's being a little bit nitpicky. Hmm. And then they explained that you do not want to put the disability before the person. When you say special needs students, you're putting special needs before the fact that they're a student when it should be a student who happens to also have special needs. I appreciated the insight. Mm-hmm. I did, mm-hmm. but it still irritates the crap out of me because I'm like, it is so hard to always be politically correct. Yes. And as it changes so much. It does change. It changes so much. Like for instance, it used to be hearing impaired. Mm. Now it's hard of hearing. I just kind of wish that everybody would just fall back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's important. Yeah. You put forth the effort to learn them. Yes. Even though I'm annoyed, I still take those precautions. Yes. It's annoying, 
Yes. But I take those precautions. It's better to take the precautions than to have a backlash. Yeah. And at least you're, you're doing your best. Again, you're not going to be able to please everybody. Um, but, you know, at least you're doing your best because next year it could, it could change the way they word it as well. But we just know that, again, these are students who we need to take care of as well and are excited to enjoy a class, you know. But I know in regards to your question of what's next, I know I was talking to my fiance about it. Aside from wanting to be a mogul, which yeah. I was because he, he knows I always am trying something new. And mm-hmm. he luckily he's very flexible with that. Yeah. <laughs> So we were driving the other day and I said, babe, I think I figured it out. Mm-hmm. I think I know what I want to do. He was like, what is it? <laughs> That's it. And it sounds like me as well. <laughs> and, and I said, you know how like on Ghostbusters when they're like, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Like you got a problem. They call you. Uh-huh. And I, was like, I think that's what I want to be for emerging entrepreneurs. Mm, yes. I, think think, I don't know what to do. Who can I call? Mm-hmm. I think I want that to be me. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, <laughs> go for it. All right. Okay. So um, it's, it's ironic because that, that thing that I was telling you about earlier, that um, panel that I just agreed to, that yeah. is like business stuff too. Uh-huh. And then I did a podcast with somebody else and they happened to have a bunch of what they call the mentors. And mm-hmm. then they asked me to come on board for that. So nice. it's already happening. It's yeah. just, you know, a little so right now I just like to give a lot of information yeah and be helpful where I where I can be mm-hmm. I had to learn a lot and yes. it wasn't me and I yes. would love to give people that and the other thing is just figuring out cool ways to overcome a problem and that's probably one of the the main things that I I love is finding really really creative ways and and having that tenacity to do so it's in, in most times when people come to me with a problem, it's something little. I'm like, that's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, this one I love. I love mm-hmm. Alexis. I'm trying to get people, you know what? This wasn't even, this is a friend of mine with life coaching. Okay. He was like, I'm just trying to get more clients. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get more clients. And this and that's a third, you know, I got my website up and I have this up. And then there's somebody else. I'm trying to run for this in office and I got my website up and I got this up and mm-hmm. I got this set up and I got to record a couple videos. And I said the same thing to them both. You're spending all this time perfecting your website and these videos. Who the hell's going to watch them? Have you thought about how you're going to get people there? Hey. No, you didn't think about that. You're just going to make it. Who's going to get there? Yes. And it's just kind of, and they're always like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, did you think about that? Yeah. No, they didn't. And then one time. I think it's that also to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, but that if you build it, they will come mentality. Like that's what I told them. I was like, that's a lie. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. I was like, if you believe that whole, if you build it, they will come. And I know my favorite thing is don't wait for it, work for it. Mm -hmm. I should probably put that in a quote. Don't wait for it, work for it. I hate when people are waiting and they're not doing anything about it. I'm like, you better go do something. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I had a friend of mine and they said, I said, what are you doing to promote your business right now? Mm. You have two clients. What are you doing to promote? Mm-hmm. They said, well, I, uh, I made sure to put up a Facebook post in on my personal page. Mm-hmm. And I also put one on my business group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I shared that information on both pages. Mm-hmm. I said, pardon me for being frank mm-hmm. and please forgive me. Cause I'm your friend and I love you. Mm-hmm. You ain't do shit. They said, mm-hmm. what? I was like, what did you actually do? When you break it down, what did you do? Mm-hmm. 
you typed a sentence and hit post mm-hmm. two times. How long did that take you? Maybe approximately 60 seconds. And you thought that you actually did something, but I shared it on my page. <laughs> and then I shared it on my Facebook page. <laughs> and why aren't people coming to me? Because mm-hmm. you didn't do nothing. Yeah. You wrote a sentence. Yeah. And I think that so many people think they're doing some work. <laughs> they're not doing anything. No, it's but that's, that's what, you know, you, a lot of the, you know, the YouTube that you see and, oh, you know, the, that a lot of the, I said not the millennials, but the, the younger generation are preaching. It's just like, oh, just post it, just post it, you know, and then you got to pay for the post as well. And that's all you got to do. And it's like, no, it's not all you got to do. Like, no, <laughs> it's terrible. But I will say I learned that and I'm not going to take credit for it because mm-hmm. somebody gave me that same pep talk when I first started. Mm-hmm. And it was when I first started teaching my independent classes. So this was after One Life Fitness. And now I was going to go teach at a studio where I was paying them rent. So I could collect $5 a class. Yeah. Mind you, I took that format from Europe when I was there. We weren't oh. doing that here. I no. went there and saw okay. how much and saw that you could actually make a larger income doing it that way. And it hadn't been done here before. So I figured I would try. Yeah. So when I first started, I had, it was the launch. So of course you have a lot of people. And then my first day I had like 20 something students. And then my second day dropped to like 23, then it dropped to 14, then it dropped to 12. And I called my friend and I said, I'm just so stressed out. I'm trying to do this entrepreneurial thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be great. And at first the people came and now they're not coming. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. And I just try so hard mm-hmm. and nothing's working. And he, um, he asked me what I did. And I said, I put a post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he said, did you create an event on Facebook? I said, no, why would I do that? It's not an event. It's a weekly class. Mm-hmm. It's not an event. It's a weekly class. He was like, I don't care if it's a weekly class or not. If you create an event, you have the opportunity to invite more people. And mm-hmm. then that means that they'll see it twice. Mm. I said, okay, well, since you're scolding me, I'll try it. You know, I mean, I'm willing to try anything at this point because I'm failing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to try and I'll try it. And he was like, so what else did you do? And then he was like, that's the problem with you people. He was like, you think you're doing something and you're not. He was like, let me ask you this. Where your classes? Are there other businesses around there? Yes. Have you talked to them? What do you mean? Have I talked to them about what? (laughs) He was like, he was like, you could print your little flyer, go over there, introduce yourself, let them know, Hey, I'm around the corner. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to share this information with you. Mm -hmm. He was like, you better put your feet to the concrete. You won't be here thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I said, oh, and he, he just slammed me. It was like, I felt like, you know, that scene in the Avengers where the Hulk takes the bad guy and goes, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> he just slams his little body. That's how I felt. Uh-huh. But you know what? I said, I will try. I will try. Mm-hmm. I went and got flyers printed and I went and walked to every single business around that area. And I didn't want to. Who wants to do that? I know. Hi, my name's Alexis. And I'm teaching <laughs> in the class around the corner. But I did it anyway. Yeah. And so my class numbers then went back up to like 30, then to 40, then to 50. And then it was sold out. Nice. Um, when I moved to my new location, I didn't have a lot of businesses around there. Mm. And it was all residential. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let's have at it. Yeah. So I... 
got some flyers printed out on like sticky notes and literally for hours a day, I walked mm-hmm. around the neighborhood and stick, 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 stick on every single person's door. Mm-hmm. And then I got a phone. First of all, I got one phone call that said, you solicited in our neighborhood. We don't permit that. <laughs> and then I got another phone call mm-hmm. or a message on Facebook and they said, oh my gosh, I got your flyer on my door today. You blowing up girl. I'm like, I was the one who put it there, but okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't say that. I was yeah. just like, yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was the amount of work that went into building me having students and things like that. Yes. And most people don't know that. Mm-mm. Nobody would have known that I was out there going door to door. No. <laughs> like I said, but with the love fest, it was like, oh, she has it all together. This is Alexis. You know, we don't play. She's da 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 da. Um, building now. By that point, I didn't have to go door to door. Thank uh-huh. goodness. Yeah, but it definitely took a lot of uh, building because in the beginning, nobody knew what you were talking about. Right, and you have to sit there and you have to explain and you have to let people know what your vision is and you have to get them to buy into your vision. Yeah. and and you know. <sighs> It's just amazing how things work out, but I will say a lot of hard work goes, goes into it. And I'll say, even though I work hard now, now that I've finally gotten assistant and made it to that point, mm-hmm. it does get a little bit easier, even though the stress doesn't go away. Yeah. It never goes away. And I'll say the one biggest misconception that I had was I just want to get there. Okay. I know that's very yeah. vague, but we all say it. Yeah, I just want to get there, there, yeah. no matter what, whenever you get there, you're going to say that sentence again. Right. I just want to get there now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, no. Yeah, I was like, oh, I want to get with 500 people. Wait, no, I want 1,000 people. Ooh, I want 2,000 people. It's just, you know, you're never really satisfied. So I believe that every single entrepreneur, while they're working on all of their goals and all of those things, put some effort into being happy daily because you're not going to be happy when you get there. Yeah. You're not going to be happy when you get there. Trust me, I've gotten there so many times. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be happy when you get there. When you get there, you're going to be like one of two things. I want something else next or I want something else bigger or dang, that was in my past. Mm-hmm. It's not a reflection of me now. And then you feel like a, a washed up person, you know? Yeah. And so it's just kind of like just focus on being happy and really get in tune like with yourself and knowing that you're a good person and being good to other people because nobody can take that part away from you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would tell you from, cause I know if you think you're going to be happy when you hit this margin, mm-hmm. you're going to celebrate for about a day. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're going to be hungry for something else. Yeah. At, at least you stop and do the celebration and celebrate those wins. Yeah. And so, and it's just kind of like, I know the most time after a love fest, I would just drop. So yeah. I, <laughs> I know that's right. Took about a week off. <laughs> yeah, like, boom, boom. Done. And so, um, but I do think taking time to celebrate the victories, and I probably should have done that more mm-hmm. in hindsight. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I probably should have done it more, and I and I didn't, and I and I wish I would have. Yeah, because it was a good time. It was. Then, but again, now you can reflect on it. You can say, you know what? It was. It was a great time. I enjoyed it. I learned so much. And on to the next. Yeah. And I know a lot of people ask me to bring it back. No, I don't intend to bring it back. <laughs> but, put your foot down. <laughs> but I do want to do something. I was talking to my friend about it. I, uh, I want to do kind of like something for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. like, like a, like a small, like conference where, you know, that you can help polish up their skills and everything yeah. like that and kind of just get them together. Cause I realize mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't know where to start. 
They don't. I said that was going to be another question I was going to ask you is what would you recommend or what any kind of tips that you would recommend for someone who does want to start a new business? Uh, For somebody who wants to start, I would say the first thing, if you're not the kind of person who likes to learn, this is going to sound bad. If you you don't like to learn, stop now. Mm -hmm. Be real. You have to be real. (laughs) The only people who are going to be successful are those people who are willing to learn. Even if you don't like to learn, are you willing to learn? I think that's the question. Um, learners excel because learners have to figure things out along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that I would say study your craft. And when you feel fear, when you feel that scary feeling of, I don't know if I should do this, Mm -hmm. don't retreat, learn. Mm. Like I had somebody tell me they wanted to start an e-commerce store through Shopify. They were about to get started and then they were like, but I really don't feel confident. So I'm just not going to do it. Well, if you don't feel confident, go study it some more. Yeah. Contact somebody who's done it before. Mm-hmm. Learn. You know, don't leave. Learn. All right. Learn it. And I've had to do that so many times with things that I do not want to do. Even like with uh, Chair One having like, like the back end of Wix or all that stuff I really don't like. I still had to learn it even though I didn't want to. I would say there's so many cheap ways to learn. You have mm-hmm. Udemy, which I believe is like $10 for each course. You have you Audible, said Udemy. Yeah, U-D-E-M-Y. And mm-hmm. it just has a bunch of courses on there. There's also uh, Audible, which yeah. I'm an advocate for Audible. I listen to them all the time. And I'll get books on leadership or on the subjects that I'm interested in mm-hmm. because it makes you better and it helps polish you up. I would say communicate with other people, network with other people, yeah. and join different groups. I joined a group and it was so refreshing to be around other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because iron sharpens iron and most of the time being an entrepreneur, your friends and family don't really understand. No, they don't. So and a lot you, of people go into that too. That's sorry to interrupt, but that's another thing that I, I also preach is that your family don't assume they're going to be your customers. Don't assume that they're going to support you because they don't understand what the, the journey entails unless they're an entrepreneur themselves. They don't understand. No, they don't. And I like that you said that because one of my friends that I was talking to was like, you know, my old people didn't even buy for me. <laughs> And then I was like, if you don't get your panties out of your butt, I was like, why are you focused on your family anyway? Why aren't you focused on the masses? I was like, what, what is your problem? Yep. And so, and I had to deal with that when I transitioned from one life mm-hmm. to uh, open to the public class. A lot of people, they were focusing on, ooh, are the one life students going to leave one life and go to Alexis? And I didn't even want them to. I mean, of mm-hmm. course you want support, right. but I was more focused on, I had no rhyme or reason to think that they would come. Mm-hmm. They were paying their monthly fees. They had other instructors. Why would they leave? Right. So my goal was where are the new people? Mm. Where are the new people? They must exist. Mm-hmm. Where are the people who can't afford a gym membership, but can't afford a drop in? Yep. And so as a result, 25% of the people did come from one life, but 75% were all new. Mm. And I think that people need to have that same mindset where they're thinking about their, uh, you know, family and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to think about it is if you have an apartment, do you want a job or do you want to borrow some money from your mom? Wh- which one do you want to do? Because mom may may help you out this mm-hmm. one time, but you would actually need a steady income. Yeah. So instead of worrying about friends and family, mm-hmm. that's just your emergency fund. Yeah. Okay. What you really need is income. And what you really need is clients. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah, and you know, people need to get that out of their mind immediately. Right. Like people say, like, "Oh, my family didn't support me." Let me go ahead and say this: your family, number one, this is going to be their expectation. Mm-hmm. You sell clothes, 
they get gear for free. Hey, cars, <laughs> they get a discount. So don't <laughs> think your family is going to be there for you because their expectation is they get what you got for a discount. Right. Where's my family discount? That's See? what I want. <laughs> so instead of selling myself at a discount, let me go find these other clients. Right. Let me, let me go find them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll say, I gave my mom shirt. Everybody gets a shirt. Chair mm-hmm. woman. You know, <laughs> all the family gets free admission to the love fest. Woo. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's so funny because my, I have an uncle who was an entrepreneur and he was based out in Virginia as well. And we would try to go to him, you know, to get, cause he also has hair products. He's a, he's in the hair industry. He had hair products, he had hair school. And they, of course they, you know, with being the owner of the hair school, they also let the students, you know, of course, do their thing as far as welcoming people to get hair services off the street. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, that's my uncle. Oh, we can, we can go in here. We're about to get our hair done. He'll let you get your hair done, but he's not letting you get it done for free. And that was, <laughs> that was his thing. My uncle was like, he's keen on that. He's like, no, you can, you can get your hair done. You can support me by paying the normal price that someone off the street would pay. Like he didn't no discounts, no nothing. He did not offer that to family unless you came to work for him. You gave him your time to work for him. Then maybe you, you know, could get some services for that. But other than that, with him being an entrepreneur, he was like, no, you're not yep. getting that for free. <laughs> and we were like, you know, not understanding. We're like, oh, he's selfish. He's selfish. But you know, with me now, of course, being an entrepreneur for a while, I understand now why he did that. Because again, you get where people have their misconceptions, because that's why I say don't expect your family to be your client, because they're going to be the same ones who want a hookup. Right. And then you've been hooking up so many people before you even even with my friends, I I will put my friend card in a second. (laughs) You know, And, and that's why I don't even care when friends pull their friend card with me. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to the business side, that's why I'm always looking for new people. Cause yeah. I know my friends and my family, I'm going to have to give them a discount. Yeah. I'm not, they know I am. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm softy. No, but that, and again, that's only just that one small circle. There's a big yeah. world that we are connected to now. And now that we're digital, it's even bigger. Mm-hmm. It's so yes. much bigger now. Yeah. Like we can do anything we want. We could sell mm-hmm. somebody in China for all I care. Hey, Yes, exactly. Yeah, we actually exactly. just had our first person in uh, Ireland take our course. So I was really nice. excited. Oh, that's amazing. You're yeah. Global. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So let's go ahead and, of course, segue and wrap things up because I know you have, you know, some things that you got to do and get back to your family. Um, so where can the listeners find you, get in touch with you um, and keep in touch so that, you know, with any of the new opportunities that you do have available, they can be the first to know. Okay, well, I guess I'm happy that I'm pretty Googleable. If that's a word. <laughs> so, if you just you know, Wikipedia yet? No, I no. tried. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to get there. Not, I'm trying really hard. I had somebody look into it. Uh-huh. But uh, just Alexis Perkins, A L E X I S Perkins, P E R K I N S. If it's on IG, which is where I usually always respond to all of my DMs and messages up there. Mm-hmm. That was really easy. That's at I am King Alexis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I A M K I N G A L E X I S at I am King Alexis. And then if anybody's interested in Chair One Fitness, we would always love, you know, your support or collaborations. Mm-hmm. And that is at Chair One Fitness. So that is like sitting down in a chair, C H A I R, the number one O N E fitness. So at Chair One Fitness or at I Am King Alexis, either one. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for 
allowing us to, of course, welcome you onto the show and for you gracing your presence here with us. And we definitely would like to possibly bring you back on at a later time. So then that way we can kind of discuss more about business because there's some yeah, things no, that I didn't get to get so to <laughs> for having me. And if somebody has a hurdle, they don't know how to jump, feel free to hit me up because yes. that's one thing I normally do. I've had enough of them. So that's amazing. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Look, don't you put out that olive branch. I might have to grab onto it too. Grab it. Take hold of it. I'm here. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much.